Your Chief. Much has happened since we last spoke. Welcome to Dear Chief Podcast, where your hosts and their guests share the 411 of being married to the people who respond to 911s. Take a peek into fire family life and get unabashed advice on how to prevent forest fires in your marriage. Now, here's your host, two seasoned firewives, Audra and Chelsea. two amazing men on the show today, Ben from Failing Forward Youth Outreach and Anthony from Future Fire Academy. Failing Forward Youth Outreach was created by Ben Crew, fire engineer for Hayward Fire Department. It's a program allowing firefighters and community leaders to mentor at-risk youth through motivational speaking and group discussion. And Future Fire Academy is a nonprofit fire academy that provides education, certification, and hands-on training serving El Dorado County and Northern California. Future Fire Academy was founded by Anthony Pedro, a full-time permanent professional firefighter who also happens to be formerly incarcerated. Thanks for hanging out with us today, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. So we're just going to jump right into questions, and I'm going to start with Ben. First of all, the play on words for falling, falling, failing forward is amazing. That's one of like the things that we tell our kids is failure is mandatory for forward progress and success. And so I'm like here for that. So that's first I want to say that. And then secondly, (laughs) the question, how did you come up with the concept of failing forward and what made you start the outreach program? So, um, yeah, thank you. I just want to say thank you so much for having us. Um, really appreciate being here. And um, the the way it started, um, I think once I becoming a firefighter, I always had in my mind, you know, it's part of the job is getting involved in the community. Um, and I wanted to find a way to kind of use the lessons that I learned in my past and uh, do my best to kind of pay that forward. And I think um, growing up and learning some tough lessons and learning the value of uh, falling short and the value of failing, but how to kind of spin that into something positive and how to take something that appears to be a failure and learn from it, grow from it, get better and then eventually use it to serve somebody else is, is, was kind of the, the idea. And so, um, when I first became a firefighter, um, started doing these juvenile hall and, uh, continuation high school visits. So, um, probably get into it, but it, it speaks to my personal story. Um, and so that group of uh, young people really hits home with me and, um, after a couple of years of doing visits, I just bring somebody that, uh, bring a friend who's a firefighter and, um, somebody who I knew had a good story and something that was relatable. And, uh, we were going in and doing these visits and they were going very well. And the staff, um, actually suggested that we see what we can do with it. Um, they're like, Hey, you should turn this into a, a program. You should build this out. You should be doing this, you know, all over the place. And so, um, with that kind of encouragement, and that suggestion, we just 
kind of wanted to see what we can do with it. And, uh, you know, in the last few years, um, we've been able to get our 501c3. We've partnered with 25 fire departments across Northern California. Um, in 10 counties, we're working with um, the uh, director of education for the um, Division of Juvenile Justice, which is the state level, and we're a community partner with Oakland A. So we've, we've made a ton of progress and just recently started working with Tony and uh, Future Fire Academy. And so we're just uh, very, very excited to be working with his organization as well. So tell me a little bit about what you, I mean, we kind of covered it in the intro, but I want it to come from you personally. Like what, what do you guys do when you go, when you mentor these groups? So when we go, um, I, you know, we bring people that have that have relatable stories. Some, some people got in trouble, but some people, you know, some of the firefighters that come, they came from juvenile detention. Um, they, you know, some of the guys really, you know, experienced a lot and, um, had to work through that as teens or early adults. And, um, and then some of our folks never got in any real trouble, but one thing we all have in common is that at some point, we learned to set goals for ourselves and um, we learned how to choose mentors. And, um, and I think those life skills um, that we've learned anyone who's become a firefighter basically took a chance, had faith. Hey, if I, if I start down this path and I don't give up um, and the harder I work, you know, the better my chance is of attaining this job that so many people want. And so um, really we, we combine, you know, we come together and it's like, it really is. We're all, we've all learned similar values and um, through the fire service, it's, you know, really about trust, character, hard work, dedication, service, and um, depend, regardless of your situation growing up, those are things that we can come together on. And so we go into the juvenile detention and um, share a little bit um, about some of the struggles or challenges that we've faced Um, you know, usually I'll bring three, three people and, um, we'll share and then, um, we'll bring, uh, turnouts. We'll let the kids kind of race and, you know, uh, put on the safety gear. Um, we just started this year doing kind of a goal setting, um, portion. So we want to leave them with a tool, like tools that they can actually use. And so, um, you know, what we're doing now is we're teaching them to, you know, what we do and what I've been doing for, you know, for a long time now is learning to set goals based on your values. So example, family, faith, service, job, education. And I want to make sure that the time that I'm spending, I'm, I'm moving in the direction that I want to go. And so those are, that's just something that we're sharing. And the missing piece, I think, um, COVID shut us down. And so really reduced our ability to get out there. And the missing piece, I think, was the boots on the ground component of like, okay, we go out, we motivate. Um, I give my personal phone number to every person that I that I meet. And so I'm always available. Um, any one of those kids that reaches out to me, we have mentors in cities all over Northern California. So if somebody's from Richmond, Oakland, San Francisco, um, Sacramento, we have mentors in place that are willing to take time, you know, and, and work with these young people. And it's not about becoming firefighters. It's about becoming productive citizens, you know, who have purpose and meeting and, you know, are, uh, you know, are, are able to give back and hopefully 
at some point we're teaching them, Hey, we're teaching you guys, Hey, you have made mistakes, but the goal is to eventually use what you learn, give back, pay it forward. The kids are, I'm guessing, super receptive to this. It sounds like. You know, it's, it is a tough, it it can be a tough crowd. And initially, um, you know, it's quiet, but a hundred percent of the time, literally, I mean, I I learned a couple of tough lessons early on, um, but I would say nine out of 10 times we leave there and um, the young folks are coming up, giving us hugs. Um, You know, they're telling us their stories and we're getting tons of great feedback from them and and staff um, at the facility. So um, yeah, it is, we, we have, you know, we're really happy with the direction it's gone, but it's, it's been a little bit of a process to kind of figure some of that stuff out. Stay with us. We'll be right back. So how do you live a good life, especially now? Is it about happiness, purpose, love, or friendship? And what about health or wealth? Can you live a good life even if you're struggling? The truth is often not what you think. I'm Jonathan Fields, best-selling author and host of the award-winning Good Life Project podcast. Every week, we bring you revealing conversations with some of the smartest, most accomplished, and yes, sometimes famous people that will awaken insight, arm you with practical tips, and inspire you to live your best life no matter what comes your way. Look for Good Life Project on your favorite podcast app today. Any other questions, Audra, before I move on? Okay. So I'm super intrigued by Future Fire Academy. All right. So my next questions are for Anthony. As I said, I am super interested in hearing about Future Fire Academy. So you spent eight years incarcerated and obtained extensive training with California Correctional Center Fire Department. Yeah. Which... I actually wouldn't mind you telling our listeners what that is, because I think it can get confused with CDCR and I don't want that confusion to happen. So, okay. so, um, so you, you, it's, so they are kind of the same because, uh, so CDCR is California department of corrections, right? CDCR, uh, in real rehabilitation, the R. So, um, so what, what they have every, prison has their own fire department with an actual all risk all hazard fire department that respond to uh medical aids um and you know serve the prison right they serve the prison so if any medical need or any fire were to start in that prison then now they they'd be the initial attack because these because these prisons they're almost like a little mini city right is they got all these buildings and all, and they you, you have to take cars and, and trucks and uh, golf courts to get from A to B because it's it's huge. It's a huge campus. It's like uh, so anyway. Uh, so they have their own fire departments, and these fire departments are staffed by um, for, uh, incarcerated individuals. And so, uh, so if it's a women's prison or a men's prison, they're, they're firefighters at the firehouse. And so um, they have engines and they're, they're trained in the, uh, the aspects of the, all risk, the, you know. And so, um, but some of those prisons, um, those firehouses have uh, the ability to respond off grounds where now they go automatic or mutual aid agreements 
and they respond in the local community surrounding that prison. And so most of these prisons, uh, with the exception of, you know, Folsom or St. Quentin, the ones we see, Hollywood shows them all, right? But there's a most majority of them are out in the middle of nowhere. Right. And so uh, where these it's the rural, the rural areas, right, where there's not a lot of um, fire departments and local government agencies to protect fires out there. So. Um, so the thing is, the, the reason why they have that is, is set up is so that way uh, those, those departments can have um, the ability to be able to, uh, you know, put out those fires. And so because uh, they can't rely on those local government departments. So the one I came from was called the uh, California Correctional Center Fire Department slash High Desert State Prison Fire Department. So we covered the grounds of actually uh, three prisons. So there was a Lassen uh, uh, prison, California Correctional Center prison, and then High Desert State prison. So our firehouse covered all three grounds. And then we also had the automatic aid where we responded to uh, traffic collisions, vehicle fires, structure fires, uh, vegetation fires, and all of that and such. So, uh, so that's the fire department I came from. But you know, before that, it was it, I had to work my way there. Of course, it wasn't just like you know, like oh yeah, here's your you know your sentence prison. All right, welcome to the firehouse. You know, it wasn't like a, <laughs> it was by no means a. So yeah, just to kind of break it down to the the, you know, and a lot of people aren't aware of these departments. They they only know of they call what they call like the angels in orange, right? The the inmate uh, hand crews that they wear orange and they they work for Cal Fire and they're inmate firefighters and they cut line. They're essentially hot shots that fight fire out there in the wildland uh, fires, right? But they 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 not a lot of people know about these firehouse programs because you know there's there's not much of them um, that that actually respond automatic aid or, or, you know, mutual aid agreement in communities. So, so I, I was really, uh, I was fortunate to go to one that was actually uh, a automatic aid because, you know, at, there was one call I went on, I actually saved a, a correctional officer's life. You know, he, he was sideswiped on his motorcycle on the way to work, leg amputated. And we showed up, I was the one to apply the tourniquet on his leg, you know, so we saved him, you know, and, and uh, uh, so that those are the types of things, you know, that experience is priceless, you know, even though I was only making a dollar an hour, right? Uh, uh, it, to me, it was, you know, uh, and that wasn't, that's another story. It wasn't right away. We, we you know, uh, anyway, so, you know, a dollar an hour, you know, uh, it was more about the experience, right? Because in the fire service, like, you know, um, you know, just like um, Ben knows, you know, it's two days on, four days off. Basically, you know, generically, there's, there's, different Kelly schedule, traditional Kelly or different, you know, as we all know. And so, but the basic one is two on, four off, right? So my fire department, we were a busy house. You know, we ran a lot of calls because we were the go-to department around all these other communities, right? And so, and we're there 24 seven. So, so like, you know, anytime there's a call, we show up and we show up with about seven of us, you know? So, um, so anyway, um, so, so, but with that said, I was there at that firehouse program for three years, 24-7, no days off. And then, and my captains there, their uh, captains slash correctional officers, they actually had a, a two days on, five days off. That was their schedule. And so, um, 
So with the five days off, they have plenty of time to, you know, re re recover and, re and then they come in their two days just gunning, like, let's train. Hey, let's train. All right, guys, let's get up. Come on. Hey, hey Cap, it's eight. All right, who cares? Let's do, let's do ladder drills. And then we they would run us to the ground for two days straight and we get our calls, meanwhile, too. And then uh, after those two days, then uh, the next captain would come in for his two days and then they would run us to the ground, too, fresh off a of five day, you know, <laughs> vacation and just run us, run us, run us. And, you know, out of love for, for the best of, you know, it was for us, you know, and, and uh, with them, we had another one who would come in. He was more of the one that would uh, help us with the educational side. So, you know, he helped us get connections through the local college where we're able to get certifications now. Right. That, so and so uh, uh, so we were that was a blessing right there, you know, and then the next captain would come in and they all had the role. Right. You know, there was the one that was the, the, the boot, you know, the drill instructor, you know, and then there was the one that was young. So he was like one of the guys. Right. And then there was another one that everyone just feared. And then there was the one that gave us the education. And and so but it was the perfect match. And it was just a real family. And, and so so that's kind of to break down the firehouse program. Uh, you know, the firehouse program where, where I was at, we were also we also uh, volunteered with the, uh, the training center to teach the inmate hand crews. So we were like the hub. So in Susanville, that's the training center, Susanville Training Center for Cal Fire. Well, where uh, they're next door to CDCR and, and Cal Fire. That's the training center where the inmates will come through. We'll, we'll train them uh, to be, uh, you know, inmate hand crews. And then we'll send them out to their fire camps that are scattered throughout the state, right? They're scattered throughout, you know, they'll be out there in the middle of nowhere too, but they're scattered in the, so that way, whenever there's a fire somewhere, they they could usually two fire camps can, can respond, right? So it's like after response time. So, um, so, so that was a, the beauty of, of my fire department is we actually were able to participate in that too and help train there and make some Cal Fire connections. Definitely. Okay, that's so, crazy. I didn't know that. I mean, my husband doesn't work for Cal Fire like Chelsea, so I knew a little bit, but yeah, you just um, really educated me on that because I was not aware. I don't know. Chelsea, I'm sure you knew most of that already. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Callie. I'm Barb. And, and we, we are, are the Clarity Sisters. Sisters. Come join us in our safe space to take a little break, get some perspective. We're going to make life more fun. Come join us as we chat through navigating prickly relationships, learning to trust your intuition, and why self-care is not selfish. So grab yourself a little cup of clarity and a few giggles as we hang out, chit-chat, and laugh on the Clarity Cafe podcast. Yeah, I, I yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk about your fire academy, and okay. I want you to tell me what you do and how it works and who it's for. All right, yeah, yeah. So, um, so with the fire academy, you know, uh, what we do is, um, because you know, upon release when I came home, you know, I I went and just got my first phone. When I left, the iPhone one barely came out. Right. And so now here I am with this phone. I don't even know how to work, but I, I found this Google Maps and I searched fire department. And the first one that popped up was a local one in my area. So then uh, I had grabbed my stack of certificates and put on the best clothes I could and went to that fire department and just knocked on the door. 
And uh, uh, the administrative lady uh, answered and she said, hi, you know, who are you? Can I help you or what is? And I said, yeah, I just uh, want to speak to, is there a teacher here that I can speak to? And then, uh, you know, looking back now, it's like, what was I thinking? You know, because like when, you, you know, with this fire service thing, you, there's a whole process, right? And here I showed up, you know, with mixed match clothes, didn't even match, got dropped off, you know, had my little certificates that I did have. I had them with me in a little binder. And and and, and, uh, uh, and she said, you know, he, he happens to be here. Um, but I, I don't know that he would let me let me talk and see if he'd, he'd be willing to uh, speak, you know. And so. So he, uh, uh, sure enough, he was like, yeah, send him on in. And, and now looking, you know, back, it's like, well, I wonder if he had to send me like, man, what's, is, it, is this a prank? Like, are they, are they pulling my, like, who does this? Like, okay, send him in. I want to hear this. And so, so here I go and, you know, go in and he's like, yeah, go ahead, sit down. And, and then he tells me, he's just like, yeah, you know, go ahead. Why don't, uh, go ahead and tell me about yourself. And I tell him about, you know, how you came from this fire department, uh, ECC, uh, ID, uh, slash, uh, HDSP fire department. And, uh, um, you know, I told him, you know, I just, I just left and here's all my certificates. And he was really impressed by uh, my experience. And then he just un didn't understand. Like, so why did you leave? You know, and, and I, I don't understand, like, what, where's this fire department? Um, I never heard of this CCC work. And then, you know, I kind of like, you know, I, I'm like, well, here it goes. So I told him, you know, it was a prison and then he was shocked. He was just, you know, kind of like, never heard of this before like you know and, and then he told me he said you know it's funny he says before fire i was actually a sheriff in arizona and then when i heard that i said oh shoot this is my first shutdown he's about to, <laughs> he's about to reject me like okay that's what that means you know <laughs> and uh but you know what he said after that was he said you know there's one thing i'm known for and that's for giving people second chances and something tells me that i, I need to do that with you and so i'm going to do everything i can do and and it's just uh, and I told you know don't let me down and I said oh I won't I won't let you down and so um so that's when he let me in as an intern you know this is a city you know uh it's a small town but still a municipal fire department and so uh so here I am you know uh, just super stoked and just so happy to do it and you know yeah granted it was an intern with you know hardly any pay but for me I was doing it for a dollar. And, you know, uh, uh, just, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it took me a month to get that job. And so, um, you know, so, I, you know, it's funny when I'm pulling shifts, they have a minimum amount of shifts you have to do. And I was, you know, pretty much like there like a week. They had to tell me, hey, man, you should go home, you know, go home. And so I went home for a day, showered and stuff, and then came back and did another week just cause, just out of, you know, just out of love for the for the fire service and just to be able to be in it again. And so anyway, um so it was it was a struggle at first with you know my living situation finances obviously you know transitioning almost a decade in prison and uh, technology was tough and so but I was I had a foot in the door so then I also worked uh, night shifts at Home Depot and then did fuel reduction projects out of a hoopty I had that was gifted to me from a friend and I just put, loaded all my tools and and little chainsaw and. And I would go around door to door and do fuel reduction and defensible space projects for people in these rural areas where we live. And so I was able to work there all day and then work at Home Depot at night. And then when I'd pull a shift, I would just stay at the station. And that's how I was doing. And for a while, I was even sleeping in that car, the little hoopy, you know, but, uh, but I was putting in this is this is the putting in the work time of, of my life and, 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 you know, trying to, trying to make up. It's when you parole from prison, it's, it's almost like you just graduated from high school. You're starting from scratch, you know? And so uh, reconnecting with family members and a lot of them, they don't understand it. 
you know, they're upset, you know, like, how come we don't come visit and how come we don't, and, you know, it was so hard because it's like, look, I, I can't live off of love. I, I can't go and spend all this time with you and visit you and you and my auntie so-and-so and that because that's taken away from time of me building this career. And so, um, so that was a struggle too, you know, family, you know, and so, um, but after that, um, you know, I put in the work, I ended up putting myself through some more schooling and then went and got on with Cal Fire, did a couple seasons with Cal Fire, great experience. And so uh, my last season with Cal Fire, uh, they, they started a hand crew, a civilian firefighter hand crews because the sort of the, in, the shortage of the inmate population. So um, because when the COVID pandemic hit, they uh, started releasing inmates and the first ones they release are the low level offenders with short time. And those are the Cal Fire firefighters, the MA hand crews I discussed earlier in firehouse program, just like the one I came from. So, um, so now the state is in the struggle for hand crews. So we, so they created the uh, firefighter hand crews. So it was like full circle here. I used to train inmate hand crew. So now here I am on the hand crew. And then when I went back for that second season, you know, my battalion chief said, Hey, you know, they're starting up the hand crew stuff. You heard about it? I said, yeah, I think it's badass, chief. And he said, yeah. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, so, you know, in my unit where I was, it was LNU, uh, Lake Napa, uh, Sonoma unit. So, um, and so this unit is a bit, one of the biggest units in the state and they have the, the North. Busiest, let's just, and the, let's be honest. It's the busiest. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, they, oh yeah. They get, they're busy for sure. And so, uh, which is, you know, what's great for experience. So, um, so they have the north, the south, the east, the west, how it's breaking down to, right? And so with the, uh, the beauty about uh, Lake Napa, you know, unit was um, they will accept you without an EMT license, right? They'll put you through the public safety first aid class, which they call PSFA card. And it's a short crash course class they give you. And then after that, they follow up with more training and teach you more EMT skills. But you, you have a public safety first aid. So for me coming home from prison, I didn't have no... EMT and his struggle to get it with the background. So, um, so I applied in the, my current unit. I'm up here, Eldorado Amador uh, unit. So AEU, that's the unit where I live in. So I applied here and they denied me. So then I applied with Napa. They accepted me. So I had a home with Napa. I went back to them for my second season. And when I went back to them for the second season, now I have my EMT. I put myself through the EMT school. And being that I had spent so much time in prison, and and uh, I, when I applied for my license and got my EMT, they uh, they accepted it and they uh, you know they forgave my my uh, uh, my felonies that I've you know committed. So I got my license. So when, when I applied for that second season with the state, um, my current my local unit hit me up and said, "Hey, you know we want you." And I said, "Hey, no thanks. I got a home with the uh, LNU already. I, I got a home down there with us. <laughs> so I went back." to LNU with the guys and, and then we were on that hand crew it was it was a great experience the first was, you know it's part of history uh, we had a great time they called us the Blue Ridge hand crew and uh, we tried to push that name but they didn't accept it but recently my buddies told me I said hey did they ever call us Blue Ridge yet and he said yeah yeah they're called Blue Ridge I said oh man I gotta get a t-shirt so anyway so so when I was on a fire in Susanville the hog fire you know, uh, I was there with my crew. We're out there, Cal Fire. I get a phone call, and I got it. It was from my chief with uh, the with the city department, and they said, "Hey, you know, you've been an intern. You've been putting in your work. We know you left with the state, but we have this position opening for a full time permanent engineer. Would you would you accept?" And I said, "Yes, please. I'll take it." And then right there, after I hung up the phone, I went to my captain and said, "I put in my two weeks," <laughs> and I was gone. 
And I went and got hired with the city department. I've been a full-time permanent engineer for three years now. And, and uh, you know, it was going great. And at that same time, that's when uh, I lost, uh, um, that's when, when I should have been celebrating this, this, this huge, you know, achievement. That's when, uh, um, what happened was my buddies that I paroled with at the, around the same time from the firehouse program, they tried to pursue the fire service as well. And they weren't so successful. They tried to, and they couldn't get in. They hit a lot of loopholes and they weren't as successful like me. And one of them ended up committing another crime and he hung himself in his jail cell. And then my other buddy, he ended up, you know, he was a Marine, got in a bar fight, went into prison. That's where we met, you know, and he, he brought a lot to the table. I helped him get in the firehouse program and he excelled. And he even passed me up in positions there. He was my engineer in the prison firehouse. And so when we left home, he tried to pursue the fire service too and couldn't get in, hit a bunch of roadblocks, you know. And, and so he ended up overdosing himself on purpose, you know, just tapped out. They both tapped out. And these are just two stories. I'm telling you, there's more. And it happens the recidivism rate because there isn't the, 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 and so when this happened, that's when the idea of Future Fire Academy came where it's like, okay, what are we going to do about this? You know, we got to do something for when they come home from these programs, they don't have the, the qualifications to get a job. They can't take that certificate and go apply and get a job, right? So what we do with Future Fire Academy, we structured it with uh, formerly incarcerated individuals who excelled in the fire service, whether that be a hotshot with the U.S. Forest Service, you know, an engineer with the BLM, or, you know, we got a city guy. We got a, uh, we got a city guy, too, a big city dude. He did prison time. Um, we got, what else? We got, uh, yeah, just uh, Cal Fire, a lot of Cal Fire guys that come on to board. And uh, uh, they help instruct. And then me, you know, and we go out. And uh, so what we do is... Um, we we take the we take them through our co uh, connections with the probation department and parole department. They they send us some guys. We'll interview them, right? We put them through the ringer. We hike them. We we train them. We run them. We, we're I'm about to do a run at 5:30 with a new group. Um, we we th this is how we we do the PT. We put them through the ringer, and if they show persistency and then they're consistent, then we take them to the next phase. So a lot of them come from fire camp programs, but we accept anyone who just the youth in the area, uh, veterans, uh, women, any, we want them all, send them. And then, so we put them through the ringer. Then we take them out to our training projects. And so that's for the nonprofit. We have the academy we offer free to the cadets. And then we also have a for hire service, our fuels reduction division, where we go out and do defensible space projects. We do defensible space, fuel uh, breaks, and um, clear up people, homeowners, properties, uh, HOAs will hire us. Um, we'll go out and do fuel breaks. And this is the training grounds where now, now they did the ringer, they ran, they PT, they showed persistence, the application uh, checked out, and now they come in with us. And then now they go on the training projects as a volunteer status, what we call it, because we try to structure it like a fire department. So they come in as a volunteer. And so they give, we give them volunteer uniforms. So they're still part of the team, but they know that they're a volunteer. And so they now this is the time when they want to prove and earn their seat in the academy. So this is when they go out there and work with us. We, this is when we want to see, you know, that they could work all day in the sun, being, doing things that are pertinent to the job, right? Uh, we want to see, like, even with the runs during the ringer, we don't want to see that they have the track star, fastest run time or anything. We just want to see that they have the heart to finish it, right? We just want to, because I... We can teach firefighting all day in the academy, but one thing we can't teach is heart. We can't teach heart. That's got to come within the individual. 
So if they got the heart, we got the rest. So then we take them through the fuels reduction division and train them and, and get them uh, uh, to kind of evaluate them, right? And if they show persistence that, they, that they're all about it, then they become a cadet in the academy. And then we swap out their gear and give them some more stuff. And now we give them that shirt. And now they feel that that sense of pride part of a team, right? Because in the fire service, Ben knows when you get pinned that badge, when you put on that T-shirt, you're a part of a team. The fire service, we're the biggest family in the nation. You know, we know this. And so, um, so now they're part of the team. Now they're in the family. And then we go through the academy. It's, we run it on the weekends, um, Saturday, Sunday. We do our fuel reduction division, Monday through Friday. They get a, a paid stipend on the training projects. So they're getting an income out of this, right, and, uh, for training. Um, this is where we could teach them how to use our Pulaski's and McLeod's and all these funky other firefighting tools that we have. We could show them how to use them if they don't know. And then we're going to use them, teach them how to use them safely and maintain them. And uh, and then they kind of work their way up. Like in the hand crew, you start in the back, you, you you're with the rake, and then you move up to a scraper, McLeod or or Rhino. Then you move up to Pulaski or Super P, right? Then you kind of you know kind of working your way. Now you're working around the chainsaws. Boom. Then we give you we give them the chainsaw class. Now they're working around the chainsaws a little bit more. And then the ones who earn it, now they get to use that chainsaw. So they kind of work their way through, and we push them at a hot shot pace. So that way that they're already used to that, right? So, you know, after the academy, when they graduate, not only do they get all the basic 32 uh, NWCG certificates, National Wildland For Fire Coordinating Group certificates, not only do they get those that where now they can go to a job and apply and have the right credentials, but now they have the work ethic to go with it. And they have the professionalism because we run it like a, a, a firehouse. Right. So um, so they're volunteer status. Then they become a firefighter. We have captains. They call me the chief. You know, all our instructors, we have rank. So now they see they know chain of command. They know the policies. We teach them basic fire department policies. You know, so now they're more turnkey ready and they have the work ethic. You know, so the problem that we know in the fire service, Ben goes through it. I know for sure is with the younger generation we get, we can't get them off the cell phones. You can't get them to work for shit. You can't get them to focus or listen, right? And, it, and it's it's like it's like pulling teeth sometimes. And so um, they're entitled, right? And so not all of them, but a lot of them. And so the academies will teach them the skills, give them the paper certificates, they're great. They come on and now we gotta put in the work and teach them the work ethic, right? And these fire departments, this is a nationwide thing. Right. And so I see the posts all the time on all the social medias of, of all the uh, train your pro B guys and the other. It's like they're all going through. It's a nationwide thing right now. Right. So that's why with us, if they don't have work ethic in the beginning of the academy, we're going to give it to them. Right. And we're, we're going to give them the qualifications, all the education for free to them, you know, and then uh, uh, and they get paid. So it's essentially a trade school. You know, we know like in the fire service that we call it, uh, we call ourselves professional firefighters. And because now we got paramedics and this and, you know, all this. Uh, but it's a, it, back in the old school days, they called it a sister trade. Right. And so our academy, we're a trade school. We teach at a trade school campus. You know, the, the, our office of education here, they gave us a campus for free. We have our campus in our classroom uh, there. They gave it. They uh, they don't charge us anything. You know, and uh, um, we we do we partnered up with local government fire departments where we can use all their engines and all their stuff. Today, the uh, the uh, Red Hawk Casino donated me a slip to put to my truck to add on the back of my truck. It's a slip, a little mini, a little mini uh, tank with the uh, with the pump and everything. You know, so I pulled up to the training project. 
I told the guy, hey, I'll let, I'm going to be back. I'm going to get some water. I, I came back and showed up with a little water truck. Now I, I added to my truck. And then they came. I got photos, too. You can take our social medias later. You'll see them. But they, they were so happy, you know, because now we got our little engine now, right? And so when we go on these training projects now, we got some water on standby instead of some garden hose, you know, So because we do burn piles to give them that, that exposure to the fire. You know, we could train them on that. And so, uh, so in a nutshell, a little, you know, I know we're short for time, but that that's basic. Uh, what's what's future fire academy? That's what we do. Our we just had our graduating class uh, two weeks ago. Ben came out too. Uh, Ben's Ben's on Ben's one of our board members too. So he came in as uh, his uh, fancy, uh, you know, suit, and uh, uh, you know, we we had a great time. We we our our first graduating class twenty two point one was a smaller class, but we did that purposely, and so. Um, you know, this next one we have uh, right now 15. So we're still accepting applications. Um, yeah, we're just, we're excited. Everything's been going so good for us, you know, and uh, helping a lot of people. The last graduating class, uh, one of them got picked up with a hand crew, a local hand crew uh, with Red Hawk Casino. And then two other ones got hired on with the local government, small uh, combination department. Uh, two of them got picked up, uh, already hired. And then the other two are going through their process. So we only had, you know, five in the class and already uh, three of them got the uh, jobs already. They'll be fighting fire this summer. So we started this program last last summer. Uh, um, and already this summer, we got some guys out there fighting fire. So, yeah. It's really, really cool. Yeah, thank you. So I have one last question. It's for both of you. Um in working together, mentoring and instructing, what do you two want to see for the future of the fire service? Future, <laughs> you said future. <laughs> so, with with when when Ben with Ben, uh, so Ben, go ahead. You you want to take over from here? You, no, uh, no. Yeah, sure. Um, okay. So the so the way that Tony and I. Uh, Anthony and I got connected was uh, through a mutual friend. And so um, we ended up linking up and I could tell within like five minutes of talking to this guy, I was like, Oh, this is, he's, he's as passionate and as excited about um, trying to give back as I am. And so uh, COVID for us, ours was really about being in person and building relationships um, with these young folks. And so um, I, got a call from somebody from CPF, which is California professional firefighters. They asked me, um, to, they asked if I would be willing to help a nonprofit in Contra Costa County, the, um, juvenile detention auxiliary. Um, if they, if I'd be willing to help them put a fire program together for Contra Costa County. And so, um, had some ideas started putting together the proposal and, um, I started, you know, I was trying to figure out, are we going to do maybe a college style Academy? Um, are we going to do an Explorer program? What, what is this thing going to look like? And, uh, once I talked to Anthony, um, everything came together. And so, uh, future fire Academy, he's putting on currently these basic 40 hour or 32 hour wildland academies. And so they're getting certificates and it's the minimum qualifications to apply for a seasonal federal job. And so um, we basically are looking at starting with that as, as, a, as a piece of the fire program and then working into uh, 
a Cal Fire 219 hour academy, which would would also give folks the ability to um, to apply with Cal Fire. And I think really my goal is it's like my goal is to help people start to believe in themselves and to realize like, hey, just because I'm in this situation right now doesn't mean that I have to be stuck here forever. Um, there was kind of backtrack just a little bit. There was a time where, where that was me. I was 16, you know, 17, 18 years old, started getting into trouble and um, trouble in school, had a lot of stuff going on with my family. I had an older brother uh, die of a heroin overdose. I had an older sister commit suicide. And then I was getting into trouble. And so didn't know how to handle those situations. And so here I was graduating high school, starting to give up on myself already. And so that's why for me going in and building these young people up and giving them hope and telling them, Hey, not only, not only do I believe you can do it, I'm willing to help you. And we have all these people and all these examples of other people that have literally been in that exact same situation that have been able to pull themselves out. And so we didn't pull ourselves out by ourselves. We found mentors and we found other people that believed in us, you know, find people that, you know, are willing to believe in us until we can believe in ourselves. And so, um, like I had mentioned, Anthony and his future fire Academy, I was like that whole concept, that's the missing component. So, you know, it looks like this Contra Costa County program is going to get going. Um, we're still in there. Uh, they're still approving the budget, but, we're looking to build this out in communities also. So we're proposing, um, we're proposing some, some, uh, some new ideas um, to potentially start doing wildland academies in cities throughout the Bay area, throughout Northern California. And I think um, again, that's why this partnership with future fire Academy is um, it, it's just, you know, I, I just feel very fortunate and I feel blessed and very excited to be working with, uh, with these guys. You guys are amazing. Um, I'm kind of bummed COVID happened because I think it kind of delayed a little bit of your progress, Ben. But I think now that we're allowed to do in-person things again, I think it'll just be amazing for you. And yeah, Anthony, your story is amazing. I don't even know where to start. Um, But we want to thank you guys both for being with us today. If you want to learn more about Failing Forward Youth Outreach, you can go to their Instagram, failing underscore forward underscore youth underscore outreach. You can find Ben's website in the show notes. You can also learn more about Future Fire Academy on Instagram at Future Future Fire Academy, all one word, or their website, futurefireacademy.org. This will all be in the show notes also. And as always, if you love the podcast, please leave us a positive review wherever you listen and you can share the podcast with a friend or two.